Good morning. Welcome to Dogwood Church. It's good to see each of you today. It's time to dismiss our children. If you have kids that are in kid zone up to sixth grade, uh, they can head to the back doors. If you have kids in the nursery, you can take them back and get them checked into our nursery now. Discontentment is often a problem in our hearts and minds. We think if we could just get out of this circumstance, if if this thing would just change, then I'll finally have a little bit of peace. I'll finally have a little bit of joy. Uh, Things will be okay if, if this finally would happen. And so this is something that we all struggle with. I almost started by asking the question, have you ever been in a situation where you've thought, I just need this to change? But of course, the answer is yes. We, we struggle with this in our world. Our world is broken. Our lives feel that brokenness. And so there are constantly things that are, that are pressing on our hearts and minds and we're wanting the situation to change. And we think, if I could just have this, then I'll finally be okay. We struggle with this. And it's hard for us to have contentment in our lives. It's hard for us to say, it's okay. Um, It's okay with what's happening. The ancient Stoics, who uh, their philosophy got started about 300 B.C., the ancient Stoics had a way to deal with this because they recognized discontentment as being a problem in people's hearts and people's lives. But their teaching was not the, not the appropriate response. So the Stoics taught that how you deal with that is you just are happy with whatever happens. It doesn't matter. They, they believed that there truly was no good, no bad. It was only how you perceived it. And so as long as you perceived it as everything's okay, then there was no problem. There's a problem with that line of thinking because there are bad things in this world. There is brokenness. There's horrible things that take place in this world. And sometimes those things happen to us. Sometimes those things are going on in our lives. And so the response to say, we'll just pretend that nothing bad is going on and say everything is good is not okay. God's Word gives us a better response. God's Word gives Christians a better way to address these circumstances in our lives. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Philippians, chapter 4. We're getting close to the end. We've been working through Philippians now three months, and we've just got this week and next, and we will be through our series in Philippians Today, what we're going to look at in Philippians 4, verses 10 through 13, is Paul telling the secret that he's learned, uh, that he has learned to battle discontentment in his life with these realities. And it's a truth that all of us need. It's something that every single one of us needs for our lives. So I'm going to read the text, Philippians 4, 10 through 13, and then I'm going to pray for us as we get ready to see the truth from God's word. Philippians 4, starting in verse 10, I rejoiced in the Lord 
greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with a little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for its truth. We thank you for your kindness towards us in so many ways, but... Uh, especially in, in giving us your word to instruct us, to change us, to shape us into the people that you desire us to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we pray that now. We pray that we will be changed by the truth of your word. I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would work in our hearts and minds, help us understand, help us believe, and then help us respond how you would have us respond to your word today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I've titled my sermon, Living in the Sufficiency of Jesus. Living in the Sufficiency of Jesus. What Paul is getting at in this text is that Jesus is enough. Jesus is sufficient for me no matter what I am facing, no matter what is going on. He is enough. And we recognize that this is something that we need to, we need in our hearts and in our minds. We need to recognize that Jesus is enough for me. Uh, and because he is, then I can face whatever it is that he has for me. Whatever situation God places me in, Jesus is enough. We get this idea from verse 13. Uh, verse 13 is where Paul makes this statement uh, let's look back at that before we work through the full text that we're looking at today. Verse 13 says this, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. I'm able to do all things through him, that's through Jesus, who strengthens me. One of the most quoted passages, one of the most quoted verses of the New Testament. Unfortunately, in the West, it's one of the most misapplied verses uh, today. Uh, we, we think that because of this, we'll say this and try to apply it, thinking that we have some kind of like superpower, right? Uh, we see athletes will often, you know, Christian athletes will use this, you know, before a game, before some, you know, big event, and they're like, well, I can do all things through Christ, uh, and that's a misapplication of this. We, it, this is not saying we have some kind of superpower to be able to, to do amazing feats that we wouldn't be able to do if Jesus hadn't come into our lives. And so it's important that we keep the verse in context and understand what Paul is saying to us uh, as, he, as he's talking about discontentment, as he's talking about facing circumstances that are crushing at times. And Paul says these words, I can do all things through Jesus, through Christ, who strengthens me. 
Paul uses this to say that Jesus is the source of my contentment. It's because of Jesus that I can face this situation that I'm in. It's because of Christ that I can get through this situation that I'm in. He's the one that empowers me. He's the one that helps me get through. And so remember, Paul has been emphasizing, uh, as we've worked our way through this letter, he has been emphasizing, Jesus is my goal. I want to know him. I want to experience him. I want to know him fully. Jesus is Paul's treasure. Paul has recognized that he is of supreme value over anything else in this world. And since Jesus is Paul's treasure, since Jesus is Paul's goal, then he says, if this is the situation that I'm in, if this is what God has for me, then I can get through whatever it is, wherever God places me. Since Jesus was Paul's goal, that changes his outlook on the circumstances because Paul's going through and has gone through horrible, horrible things. Listen to this quote by Sinclair Ferguson. It's not accidental that when we make Christ our ambition, we discover that he becomes our sufficiency and we learn contentment in all circumstances. It's not accidental that when we make Christ our ambition, when Jesus is our goal, we discover that he becomes our sufficiency and we learn contentment in all circumstances. That's what's happened with Paul. Jesus was his goal. Christ was his treasure. And since that was the case, Paul could say these words while he's facing horrible things. While he's looking at the reality that he may not survive, he could be put to death. He can say, honestly, I can face this. I can go through this. I can endure it because of Jesus, because I have Christ. And I can't lose him. So as we are working our way through this text, I want us to keep in mind that this is not talking about a kind of a superpower to do great and cool things. This is talking about whatever situation that God places us in, wherever, whatever it is that God has for us, even when at times it feels crushing, because it does at times feel crushing. You felt that almost certainly, and if you haven't yet... You will, because our world is broken and messy, and it hurts at times. But we can, because of Jesus, we can face those circumstances and say, God, if this is where you have me, and this is what you have for me, I can endure this because of Jesus. So let's keep that in mind as we work our way through this text and look at living in the sufficiency of Jesus, living in a way where we say, Christ is my treasure. Jesus is is my ambition. And since I have him, I have everything I need. And I can face whatever it is that God has me to face. The first truth we see from this text is this. Living in the sufficiency of Jesus helps us recognize God's provision. Living in the sufficiency of Jesus helps us recognize God's provision. Let's look back at Philippians 4.10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. 
you were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. The Philippians renewed their care for him. There are other references in other letters that talk about the Philippians providing for Paul. Uh, the Macedonian church is providing for him and, and meeting his needs. And Epaphroditus, we're going to learn next week, is, has brought Paul another gift uh, to care for him. See, when you were in house arrest under the Roman government, uh, you did not... Uh, it wasn't like modern-day jail systems and uh, modern-day prisons where you have all of your basic needs met. You had to provide for yourself. You had to have support to provide you for your daily food, provide you for the, the place that you would be staying. And so the Philippian church has sent a gift to say, Here, here's, here's the provision to meet your needs so that you have food, so that you have a place to stay, so that you are taken care of while you are under house arrest for your faith. And so the Philippians have given this gift by Epaphroditus. They've sent it to Paul. Here's what you need. Here's stuff to help you with what you need. And the word that Paul uses there, that where he says he revived, they revived their care for him, or they renewed their care for him, it's actually a rare word in the original language. The original language, the, the word means to blossom again, or to bloom again. And so we have the, it's a, kind of a word image of uh, springtime plants, where it looks like there's no life, you know, from the winter, and then in the spring, uh, the plants bloom again or blossom again, and there's new life there. And so that's the word that Paul uses for the gift that he received. There had not been provision. Uh, there was a time where he didn't have those needs met, and then the Philippian church renewed their care for him. It blossomed again, and he had what he needed to face the circumstances that he was in. And that caused Paul to rejoice. But it's important that we see what he rejoiced in. Or we should say it's important that we see who he rejoiced in. See, Paul didn't rejoice in the gift, uh, which was he desperately needed. He didn't rejoice in the Philippians directly. There's a recognition and a, and a thank you in the tone. But where does he rejoice? He rejoices in the Lord. Paul, even though this is a gift from the Philippians to him, Paul says, thank you, God. God, you have cared for me. You have provided for me. And so Paul is writing back to them uh, and and saying thank you, but he's saying, I rejoiced in the Lord for that gift. God met my needs through you. And so rejoicing in the Lord, which we've heard that term over and over again. Uh, Paul reminding the Philippians, this is the way we should live. And so he's saying, even in provision that comes from someone else, we can rejoice in God. And, and use that as a way to praise God and thank God for his care for us. Paul had learned that ultimately even the gifts that came from others were from God. We see that teaching in James 
chapter 1. You see these words. James 1, verse 17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good gift is from above. Uh, The Father of lights, God our Father, provides us the good things that we need. He cares for us. And Paul has learned this. And Paul is experiencing this even through the Philippians' care. He says, God has cared for me. God has met my needs through you. Church, for us, as we start living with this mindset that Jesus is enough for us, that Jesus is sufficient, and that as long as we have Him, we have what we need, for whatever we, it's important that we start to recognize God's provision all over our lives because He is constantly providing for us. He's always providing and caring for us. Sometimes that's through other people. Sometimes that's through your work. Sometimes that's through a friend or a family member. But He is constantly at work providing for us. And so for us... This week, as we look at Paul receiving care and saying, I rejoiced in the Lord because of this. I want us to start thinking about how can I be intentional about recognizing all of the ways that God cares for me. Because he's doing that daily. He's doing that moment by moment, really. It's only through him that we uh, can take a step, take a breath. So... Maybe we should start recording somewhere, finding a way to make notes of God cared for me today in this way. God met my need today this way. Sometimes that's going to be through other people. uh, But I've, I've been praying for this. I've been dealing with this. I've been struggling with this. And God stepped in like he always does. He helped me through this. So let's start there as we're, as we're saying, I, I want to live like Paul's living. I want to live as Jesus really is enough for me. Let's start being intentional about recognizing God's care and say, God, thank you. Rejoice in the Lord because of his constant care, material needs, emotional needs, physical needs. Spiritual needs. He is at work and we should rejoice in him for that. The second truth we see from this text is this. Living in the sufficiency of Jesus helps us face any circumstances. Living in the sufficiency of Jesus helps us face any circumstance. Let's look at verses 11 and 12 back in Philippians 4. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I find myself. I know both how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. Paul has learned contentment. Now, that's not a, a mental learning. That's not learning facts. Paul has learned this through experience. Paul has experienced hard times 
Paul has experienced times of abundance. He's experienced good things and bad things. And he has learned through it all that he has what he needs to face those times. Because he has Jesus. He has exactly what he needs to face those times. In verse 12, he clarifies that level of contentment. It's both in circumstances and it's in his material provisions. So Paul has gone through horrific circumstances. He speaks often about those things. He talks about the beatings that he faced. He talks about the the stoning. He talks about the shipwrecks. He talks about all of the things that he went through because of his commitment to Christ. And in this passage, he says he's also learned this through abundance. There were times when he was on his missionary journey where he experienced abundance of care. The, the churches providing for him, giving him what he needs as he's getting ready to go out and plant churches and take the word of the gospel out to the ends of the earth. He had experienced abundance also through this. And Paul says, I have learned contentment in all of that. And then he goes on to talk about the like material provisions. I've learned it in, when, in times where I've had a little. And I've learned it in times when I've had a lot. Sometimes we think discontentment is only if, you're, if you don't have enough of something. But discontentment's something that we could struggle with when we have an abundance also. We may think that we need more. We still need some other provision. Well, now that I have that, if I could also have this, then I surely would be okay. Paul's saying, I've learned contentment in all of these things. Whether I'm hungry, whether I have everything I need, I have enough because I have Jesus. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, we see Paul saying these things. As he's addressing a false teaching. He's addressing a teaching that is saying that uh, if you are godly, then God's going to bless you with material gain. And Paul speaks into that and rebukes that false doctrine and says this, 1 Timothy 6, verse 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. I will be okay if I have what I need. I'm going to be okay with those. I don't need to desire more. I don't need to desire bigger, better, or different circumstances or different things. I can say I have enough because I have Christ. And He will get me through no matter what. And remember, as He is writing these words, He's under house arrest. He's looking at the reality that he, is, he could lose his life. And we know that at some point in time he does lose his life for his faith. He was in and had gone through horrific circumstances. And Paul says, in all of these things, Jesus is enough for me. Jesus is sufficient. And since he is, I can face whatever it is he has for me. Some of you have heard of Elizabeth Elliot. 
some of you may be more familiar with her husband, Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott was, uh, he and his wife Elizabeth and other missionaries in the 50s had gone to Ecuador and they were trying to reach a remote tribe uh, and take the good news of the gospel to them. And Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, and some other men, when they made their contact, when they made their initial contact, they were speared to death by the uh, warriors who came out to meet them when they landed. And Elizabeth Elliott and Nate Saint's wife, Rachel, um, continued their mission work to these people committed to taking the gospel to this tribe that had murdered their husbands. They stayed faithful to what God had called them to, even though it was heartbreaking, even though that is crushing. They stayed committed and they lived with the tribe later on and spent time teaching the good news of the gospel and people came to faith because of it. Elizabeth Elliot went on to become a prolific Christian author. And in one of her books, Keep a Quiet Heart, she addresses this idea of contentment, even when the circumstances are bad, which she had gone through. She says this, The secret is Christ in me, not me in different circumstances. The secret is Christ in me. Not me in different circumstances. She had learned that, that joy is something that you can have apart from circumstances. She's not setting her, her own heart on happiness, which is dependent on how good things are going. She's saying, because of Jesus, even when I'm walking through the heartbreaking stuff, even when my world is falling apart, I've learned the secret is Christ in me. She learned that the prayer is not just, God, get me out of this. That the prayer is, God, if this is what you have for me, then I, I need you with me in this. And I need your power to help me get through this. And Paul says that's exactly what we have. God will not abandon you. And when you're going through the worst of times, when things are crushing, we have the promise that you will be able to get through this, that Christ empowers you to get through it, whatever it is that God has for you. So church, let's include in our prayers for God to be with us in whatever circumstance we're facing and for God to give us the strength to get through them. Now, it does not mean that we can't pray and ask God to change our circumstances. I don't believe that that would be wrong. I mean, we see Jesus himself in the garden praying to the Father before he goes to the cross and says, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but your will. So it's not wrong for us to look at the brokenness of our lives and and just say, well, it's, it's going to be, it's okay right here. I'm just going to, I'm not going to ask God to change this. We can say, God, God, get me out of this. But in addition to that, let's add to our prayer and say, but if this is what you have for me, God, I need you. 
I need you with me. I need your power to help me endure it because I can't do it on my own. And Paul says we have that. And so let's lean into that and let's pray for that. When we're going through things and we're, we're tempted towards discontentment and we're not at peace about how things are going in our lives, let's say, God, be with me. Help me through it. And he will. The third thing we see from this text is this. Living in the sufficiency of Jesus is possible for all believers. Living in the sufficiency of Jesus is possible for all believers. Let's look back at verse 12 and 13 again. I know both how to make do with little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul has learned the secret. Paul has learned that he can be content no matter what he is facing. This was not something that Paul could do on his own. And oftentimes, that's what we think. Sometimes when we look at stories of uh, individuals in the Bible, we think that they like are some type of super Christians. Man, Paul really could do a lot. He was, like, he was special. Like I could never live like Paul is the temptation for us to think that he, Paul was able to do this because he was like some kind of super man of faith. But the rest of us, there's no way we could live like that. We have that temptation that, to look at the Bible through the lens like that. But Paul wasn't able to think like this. Paul wasn't able to live like this because of something in himself. He wasn't able to do this because he was super Christian. And he clarifies that in verse 13, right? I can do this through him. It's because of Jesus that I can endure these things. It's because of Jesus that I can say that, God, if this is where you have me, then, then I need you to get me through it. Paul was able to live like that because of Christ. The same Savior that you and I have, church. And so don't assume that you couldn't live this way, that you couldn't face all of your circumstances day in and day out this way. We can because we have Jesus with us. Because of Jesus, we have the promise Christ will never abandon us. He will never leave us. We can never lose him. No matter what. And since that's true, we have the same hope and the same promise of what Paul's talking about is Jesus strengthens me to get through this. I will be okay because I have him. Since that's true, we can endure whatever, Paul, whatever God has for us, just like Paul, because Jesus strengthens us. Look at what Paul prays for the Colossians in Colossians 1 Verse 11. This is in the middle of a prayer for them. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience joyfully. 
Paul praying for the Colossians to have strength from God, to, to be able to grow in endurance and patience for whatever it is that they're facing. He wouldn't pray this for them if this wasn't something that they could have. All believers can have this. All believers are strengthened by God. We have the Spirit of God indwelling us. And we have the promise that, that Jesus will give us the strength to face whatever circumstance that God places us in. Church, we need help fighting discontentment in our hearts. Because when we realize the brokenness of the world, the, the natural response is, God, I, I, I don't want to face this. I, I need to be out of this situation. I need things to change. And like I said, it, it's okay to recognize that. It's okay to say, like, this is horrible. We're not going to take the stoic appro- approach and say, this is good. Everything's fine. We're not going to pretend like we don't face brokenness and heartache. We do. But we do need to fight discontentment. And for the church, the only response is to learn what it is that Paul learned here in this passage that he's teaching us. That Jesus is enough for me. And since he is, and since I know I can never lose him, I can get through day in and day out exactly what God has for me. Since a living The sufficiency of Jesus is possible for all believers. Would you ask God to help you treasure Jesus above everything? And ask God to help you recognize He really is enough for me. We have to remind ourselves that often. I have to remind myself of that often. That's a day in and day out task. Jesus is enough. Because our hearts will drift from that. And so... Ask God, help me see and help me believe that Jesus is enough. And ask God to give you the strength to get through whatever it is he has for you. Because he will. If you've not trusted in Christ before, if you've not put your faith in Jesus before, I want to invite you to that today. Because the the promise of this contentment that that God's Word talks about. The promise of having strength to face whatever circumstance that you're facing, this is only possible for those who have put their faith in Christ. This is only possible for Christians. If you have not come to know Christ as your Savior, if you've not put your faith in Him and been adopted as a child of God, This is not something that you can experience. The world will try to come up with ideas about how to be content with your circumstances, but it's not possible without Jesus. And so if you have never trusted in Christ, or if you don't even really know what that means, uh, I would love to talk to you. I'd love to share with you the good news of the gospel. I'd love to share with you about what Jesus has done for us so that we can be forgiven so that we can be accepted by God, so that we can uh, experience the full love of God and the joy that comes with that. 
And so if you would, if you want to know more about trusting in Christ, if you would fill out one of the cards on the seats in front of you, there's a response card. And you could just check that you want to meet with the pastor. And I'd love to sit down and talk with you, share with you the good news of our Savior and how you can experience forgiveness, experience God's love, and start to learn and experience the kind of contentment that God's Word talks about. The, the kind of ability to endure everything, even the hard and broken stuff in this world, because we're loved by God. If you fill out one of those cards, you can hand it to me on the way out. You can drop it in the offering box, and we'll be in touch with you this week to schedule a time to get together. Church, Jesus is enough for us. For whatever we face, for whatever situation God calls us to, Jesus is sufficient. Since he's sufficient, let's treasure him above everything and let's rely on his strength because we have the promise from God's word today that he truly will strengthen you. Step by step, day by day, he will give you the strength to face whatever it is that is before you. When we live like this, it honors our Savior. When we live like this, it helps us rejoice in our Savior because of His goodness, because of His constant care. So would you join me in that today? He really is enough for us. Let's pray. Father, You are so good. We thank You for the truth of Your Word. I thank You that we have the promise that you will give us the strength to face each and every day, each and every circumstance. We confess that we don't always believe that. We don't always trust that. And so I ask that you help us I ask that you help each one of us remember day in and day out, Jesus is enough for us. And we can't lose that. And let that reality shape us. Let that change us. So that whatever we face, we recognize we have what we need. And that you are always with us. And equipping us with what we need to get through it. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.